Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, How to File the FAFSA During a Pandemic, informative. If you were unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now, let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Annette Nafe has been designing and producing custom corporate, social, nonprofit, and weddings since 1986, founding Nafe Productions in 2010, helping clients create their unique signature style that translate into a memorable experience is her passion. Throughout her years in the event industry, Annette has seen how hitting just the right creative note can spark conversation, build relationships, and create brand loyalty beyond measure. The key is to deliver a flawless, distinctive, and superior personalized experience. Annette's upbeat energy and passion for her work is legendary trademark recognized by many of her clients, such as Sebastian International, FedEx, Samsung, Sony Pictures, Columbia Pictures, Lakeshore Entertainment, Loeb & Loeb, Tomorrow's Real Estate, MetLife, the National Speakers Association, and many others. So, Annette, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. So, I just gave a tiny bit of your background, um, but I'd love to give have you give us just a little bit more about your background and how you actually got into doing events. Oh, yeah. So, I've been doing events for over 30 years. Um, I started, you know, I was the, the kid in school who was always the one that was putting all the events together and parties and gathering everybody. And then I realized, you know, early on that I could make money doing it. So I started my career working for Sebastian International and we used to, um, uh, I produced a bunch of hair shows for the, for the company. And, um, and then from there I moved to film and television and did a lot of event production in film and television when I lived in Los Angeles. For 17 years, I did that. And then I moved to New York 20 years ago. And um, my last corporate job, I was a a director of commercial, um, uh, a director of, um, sorry, the director of operations for a commercial real estate company. And I also managed all their events. And I was with them for seven years. And so that the economy crashed, there was nothing going on. And I thought, well, you know what, I'm, I'm bored. So I'm going to start my own business. And uh, I did that, and then the company laid me off, and I got a year severance package, which was fantastic. When I did, I was already starting to start my business, and um, and then I have a legal background as well. So in between any time that movies or TV series or television shows or anything weren't happening when I was working film and television, I would work legal. So that helped me a lot 
in uh, negotiating contracts and really understanding contracts for my clients now. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of contracts involved with events. So, oh, for sure. Um, and then I, I, yeah, I know it's crazy. And so I just, uh, we're really big on negotiating. So it was, uh, you know, that's a big piece of what we do. So I learned a lot of that, which was great. I never thought that I was going to be something down the road that would be uh, a benefit for me. But, um, and then I just, so I just started the business and then it took off. I had the year severance package. And before I know it, here I am 10 years later. I had, first thing I did was I, um, well, I did hire myself a coach, which I thought was really important because I had no idea how to price myself, uh, you know, how to speak to the client, what forms do I use? I just, I had trouble, um, you know, figuring out how to uh, get the, you know, I knew how to do events. I just didn't know how to run the business. And right. so now I had trouble. <laughs> so many. Yeah. Business, I mean, most right? people, exactly. It's just so many things to know. And I, um, I was trying to find someone to help me, but nobody would help me back in the day. And then I finally did find someone, but it took me a while. So now because of that, I coach event planners on how to start an event planning business, but also, um, you know, planners who have a business, but you know, with crazy times right now, the COVID, you just don't know, like, you know, where, where do I take my business from here? So we've been lucky enough to pivot that word that everybody's using. Uh, We've been lucky enough to, you know, uh, we do a lot of virtual events now and uh, it's, you know, when our clients are doing, you know, we're booking for next year, but so, yeah, so that's kind of how it worked. And then I start, I was the, to really get my feet into the industry more so in New York City, when I started my business, I became the founder and president of the Event Planners Association for the New York chapter. And that allowed me to meet all the vendors in the area and all of the, you know, venues, people who were ahead of venues and things like that. So that was a big, a big thing for me. And then, so that's kind of how it's evolved. And now I'm just sort of, you know, uh, I have a TV show, I mean, a a interview show that I'm doing, I say TV, I guess there's a, a little Freudian there, but I have a, uh, interview show that I do every week where I interview lots of people in the industry or just, you know, great people who are going to help people in the industry to, or business owners that are looking to, you know, to um, put a positive spin on the future of their businesses right now, because it's, uh, you know, it's a crazy time. So I have a lot going on. So now, of course, we know the word virtual. People who may not have known kind of what that meant, obviously now that's all we talk about. So right. like, what do you mean, though, in terms of a hybrid event? I'd like to start there because, of course, our topic is talking mm-hmm. about hosting a virtual or a hybrid event. So can you give your definition sure. of a hybrid event? So hybrid is where you have a live element to the event. So it would be, and it's a smaller, you know, right now we can't have large in-person events right now. Um, So we would have maybe the, like if I'm doing a fundraiser, we would have the MC who could also be maybe the auctioneer um, on a stage in a, you know, in a, 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 a studio or their office or any, you know, a venue uh, location anywhere. And we do a live element to it. So there is a, some, a, some staging to that. And we only have like a handful of people there. And mm-hmm. then the rest of it is all virtual. So that's right. the hybrid piece of it where some of it's live and then most of it's virtual. Perfect. So if someone really wanted to do their own event, where would they even start to plan their virtual event? Well, they should call us for advice, number one. (laughs) So, you know, reaching out to somebody who is knowledgeable in this and getting some advice is always the best way to start um, just to understand, you know, what it is that they're going to do. So what we do is um, we ask them all kinds of questions. And a lot of people who have had most of our clients um, who have done live events, they don't know how to take it to a virtual platform. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, understanding, like, we really talk about what are their goals, obviously, for the rest, for the event. So if you're trying to raise money, if you're a fundraiser and you're trying to raise money, obviously, that's the goal. And you want it to be in fun and engaging um, which we try to take and put elements of that in the event. So there's a lot of things that you can do. And if it's a corporate event, and we did a um, we did a uh, an event a couple months ago. It was a one day event, um, and um, they um, sorry I lost my train of thought. So this one day event, it it really depends. People ask like, what platform should I use? And and it really depends on what you're trying to do and what the outcome is. So we had 
You know, they spent $30,000 on a platform, but you don't have to do that. You can do an event for 30 people or you can do an event for, you know, 30,000 people virtually. So Mm -hmm. it really depends on, you know, because we do corporate, nonprofit, and, um, you know, they're doing virtual weddings now too. So that's, you know, it's called a micro wedding. So it really depends on what you're trying to do. But I think the best thing is to find, you know, reach out, figure out what it is that you want to do, but have a conversation with someone who like someone, you know, like an event producer who are doing virtual events. And then you guys can kind of discuss what that is. And we've, we've pretty much, you know, at this point, I'm offering any kind of advice to help people. You don't have to work with us, but you know, it's usually they do because they're like, oh boy, that's a lot and we need your help. So right. <laughs> at the end of the day, we, en- we end up working with a lot of people after they talk to us, but you don't have to. And I think just, um, you know, we help come up with a question, you know, we'll ask a ton of questions and that kind of that helps them figure out what, um, you know, what, what direction they need to go with their event. Right. And then, you know, there's so many platforms, you know, they could do it on the Zoom, they could do, and there's just a lot of different platforms out there now. And so there's not just one thing for everybody. It just depends on what their goal is and what they, you know, what their environment is, is you know, the, the um, culture of the companies and, and things like that. Well, and if someone's going to do an event and they haven't really done this in the past, they obviously are going to need some help. So what would you recommend yeah the size of their team to help them actually do a virtual event? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's really, it depends on, I mean, look, at you're going to need someone to help you with your marketing. You got to get your, mar- you got to market the event. You're going to, if you're doing the event and you're, you're just going to do it on a Zoom, you need somebody during the, uh, while the event is happening to manage the chat. There has to be mm-hmm. someone. I highly recommend that you don't have to get a huge, gigantic tech team, you know, like an AV team, but you should hire a professional tech who can come on and run the PowerPoints and run the music and run the videos and making sure that's all smooth and bringing in your speakers. If you're having speakers and, um, you know, having a a team, somebody to help you do that. Now, when we did this event a couple months ago, there were 13 people behind the scenes, but we had two tracks. We had 30 speakers. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a full day event, you know, so there's a lot involved and it was a, a technology company. So they had some money to spend. They had taken their live event to a virtual platform. So, um, and now they've got the bug. They love it. And they're probably going to do more virtuals. Uh, it was, it was a huge success for them, but you need, you know, that's a much bigger team. So you've got your, Mm -hmm. your marketing, all your emails need to be written. You really need to have an assistant to help you through it. It's kind of crazy, but especially when you're on the event yourself, you need people to run the event while you're hosting the event because you can't pay attention and, 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 you know, it, the transitions and just makes it look more professional. So, um, it, it, I think it depends on, you know, if you're going to send gifts, you know, vendors are super important. If you're sending out gift bags, gift boxes, um, which we've done a lot of now because they want to start the engagement prior to the event. Um, sponsors, especially if they're, if they're buying a certain level of sponsorship, they get a gift box with, at a certain level. So, you know, who's going to do manage all of that? So maybe get a VA to help you. I mean, a, an intern maybe to help, or if you have an assistant already, you know, bring in family. <laughs> a lot right. of times it's just, you know, if you're just starting at the ground, um, and you don't really have a big budget, you can be creative with that. But, um, there's definitely, uh, you know, people that you need, especially the day of. And I think managing the back end of your systems is super important. And then the chats and stuff like that. And then, you know, we, I did a smaller event for someone and she didn't hire somebody to do the technical side. Um, we just helped with the chat and stuff like that. And she had problems and that, you know, it was a very casual environment, but if you, you know, technology is super important when you're doing a virtual event. So you really need to have somebody cover that. Right. And I know there's a few, th- I mean, people probably know Zoom and things like that, too. Do you want to just touch on maybe a couple of the platforms that they might want to consider for hosting an event? Well, you know, there's there's the businesses, there's the regular Zoom, and then there's a webinar. Um, we did Fair, which was uh, a big platform. I mean, there's just, honestly, there's so many. It really just depends on, and, you know, listen, if you have someone who is, 
like my, whenever I talk to somebody um, for their events, I, when we have an initial conversation with them, I always bring my tech guys in. So Mm -hmm. I, cause I'm not, you know, listen, I, I keep my expertise where my expertise is. um, But the, the RAV team is very knowledgeable. So, you know, reaching out to tech, a tech company, an AV company that has, is doing virtual events is some, is really where you can get some information on, on what the right platform is for your event. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, that's, it's just, there's just so many out there that it's kind of crazy, but you know, again, zoom is very popular right now. Cause you can do, and I just saw that I think they're going to be offering like, um, um, all, there's, some new tech, some new um, um, new things that they're bringing on to Zoom to take it to another level, which will make it a, a better system for a virtual event. So I know they have breakout rooms. So if you're interested in doing breakouts, that's important. So I mean, it's just you know, there's so many that it's it's hard to right. say. It, there's uh, things are always changing too. So making sure, like you said, that there's an expert who really is keeping on top of what's new, what's coming yeah. out, emerging, and based on your specific needs for what you want to do. For yeah, your exactly. And and an AV team that's doing virtual, they should know. And obviously, if if you know anybody can reach out to me, and I'm happy to refer. But um, they, uh, it's the, they're the ones that. And I, whenever I see a new platform, I send it to my AV team, and I let them look into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, and then VCast is another another company that does. Um, they're doing. Uh, they're doing one of our events actually, and they have a a really great platform. It's super easy, um, and they, in, you know, they they're. The technology is crazy, and it's super important because that's what runs your event, you know? Right. Yep. Definitely need to have that. Well, it's actually time to take a break. So when we come back, we'll continue to chat with Annette about taking your live event to a hybrid or virtual one. You're listening to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Biz Help for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to Biz Help for You. Welcome back to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Annette Naif told us about her background and how she got into creating these virtual events. Now, let's continue our discussion. So, Annette, if someone is going to be planning a virtual event, when should they actually start that planning? Well, I think it's, you know, it's funny now because it took people a while. So, you know, the COVID hit, everybody shut down, and it took people a couple months to figure out, like, you know, get over the shock of what's happening and then figure out, like, okay, what are we going to do with our event? So it has taken 
a while for people to get on the on the bandwagon with this, especially with my fundraisers, because the boards are old fashioned and they can't mm-hmm. virtual is just not something that they can, you know, fathom. And they're like, this is this is impossible, but they have to raise funds. So, um, you know, ideally, you know, look, it's just like with any event. I had a, con- a call with one of my clients last yesterday and she said, I cannot believe how much work is is still involved when you do a virtual event, because you still have the websites, you still have to deal with the sponsors, you still have to deal with the speakers, you have to deal with the MCs, you have to deal with the auctioneers, you have to deal with all the technology that comes in um, for an event, and then you have all this technology with the AVs, that's a whole nother thing now, because we've got to get them all kinds of stuff that has to get onto the screen. So ideally, look, we'd love, you know, as much, you know, six months, eight months, it would be ideal, but we're not getting that right now because everyone's decided like a few months ago that they want an event in September, October, November. So mm. we only had a few months to put these together and it can happen. It depends on the size of team that you have. So a lot of my fundraisers obviously have teams and they can help and pull this all together. They have their marketing and they have their communications department and they have their graphic designers and you know, there's all that stuff that has to be, still has to happen for the event. Um, right. And so even though the day of, it's not live and we're, it's a different, um, you know, you're not going and setting up thing unless you're doing a hybrid, but you're not setting up a room and, you, you know, it's a totally different thing, but there's still a lot that goes into it. So, you know, we can do it in a short amount of time. It really depends on your back end and what, how much help you have to help you with it. But, you know, ideally it's the same as six, eight, a year. It just depends, you know, fundraising, when you're doing fundraising, it's, you have to, it, a year out is usually when you should, should start your fundraising. So it, it would be the same thing. Right. I think though, what happened, I think just from my own perspective is, you know, when this mm-hmm. happened and events started, you know, getting canceled because the virus started, yep. you know, I think people yep. thought it might be a shorter period of time and they could rebook <laughs> their in-person event later in the summer or in the fall. Cause I knew a lot of people that said, okay, well, we're going to cancel our March, April, May, we're going to do it July, August, right. September. And yeah. then oh, all yeah. of a sudden here we are, we still can't really get together. So now it's like, okay, we were rushing mm-hmm. to just get an event, you know, done. Yeah. I think that's probably what's right. happening. Well, and that's exactly what happened. And so I can't tell you how many times I moved my spring events went to the fall and then now they're in the spring of next year. And some of them are talking about moving them out to the fall because mm-hmm. they're realizing that maybe we are not going to be able to do a 200 person live event um, in the spring. So, because it comes up so fast, you know, so, right. It is a, it is a tricky, we're all kind of, um, you know, going as, you know, we're taking each day at a time here. Um, but you know, listen, if you have a live event and you need to move it, um, venues and the vendors are all, you know, they're helping people and they're not, they're, they're not refunding people, but you can, they're giving you the option to move it to another date. And I think that's going to be happening for a good year or more. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's going to yeah. continue to happen. That's what's hard, though. We still, it's still kind of unknown. We really don't know what to expect and yep. when things are going to change. So I think that's part of the it is. the issue. Um, but I it would love, but, because you know, we started talking about the just, planning and how long yeah. it really takes and things. Um, and uh-huh. if someone is newer or smaller and, you know, maybe they were going to have just like one, you know, 30 people in their room or 60 or, you know, a smaller business mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. are some of the marketing mm-hmm. tips that you might be able to give them to help them promote their virtual event? Well, okay. So obviously to their email list which is important and you can build your email list by, you know, offering, um, putting out like a, a little ebook and offering some great tips on your ebook and sending that out and people get in. That's how you can get emails on your list, but all the social media platforms, um, which is, you know, Instagram and that's stories as well as the platform itself, Facebook. Um, if you build, want to build a Facebook group, that's a great place to do it as well. Um, LinkedIn, Twitter, Podcasts, get on podcasts, get on radio shows, talk about your event, talk about what you do, write a blog, send that out. I mean, you have to be consistent in your marketing. I am mm-hmm. also, as I mentioned earlier, I'm doing a, you know, I have my, my show that I do, my interview show, and I started that when COVID happened. Um, mm. I wasn't on video a lot. I was, I'm a behind the scenes kind of girl, so I don't like being in front of the camera, but I'm in front of the camera a lot now. 
And that's because people are on, they're on their, their computers now at much more than they ever used to be. And so I need to be in front of people and I need to talk about my virtual events and what we're doing. Um, and so you have to be consistent and you just, just keep it. And now there are some ads. You can do some ads as well, but that gets to be, you know, that can cost money. And sometimes the, the ROI and that is not always the best, but it just depends. You have to find someone who's really good at doing that. Um, and just, you know, just being consistent, but podcasts, writing blogs, send out to your email and joint ventures, find people who can market this for you as well. If you've got speakers that you're going to bring on, get them to market it, but you need to provide the content for them um, because speakers and sponsors generally don't market unless you provide it. And then sometimes they don't even do it then. So <laughs> we've learned right. along the way, unfortunately. But, you know, find influencers that will help you um, market your event. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. And then if someone is looking for someone who could be an influencer that maybe they aren't yet in contact with, obviously their sphere of people around them would be influencers as well. But how would they yeah. connect with someone that is like, oh, that person would be great. I see they're a great fit for me and I want to be able to help them as well. But how would they reach out if they haven't really had a relationship yet? I mean, look, you just reach out. You find them on their platforms. You DM them. DM is the thing these days. And so you reach out. You can send an email. There are plenty of people like I'm just starting to, I'm finding some really, really great speakers because I'm on a lot of these events. And these speakers, um, some of them are, you know, I think, oh, gosh, they're not going to want to be on my little show, you know. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they do. They're just like everybody. They want to get their message out. They have, you know, they're speakers for a reason. They're either experts in sales or marketing or whatever it is. And so I'm reaching out. I just send an email or I, I contact them in their Instagram DM or I contact them in their Facebook DM. Any place that they're LinkedIn, especially LinkedIn, start conversations. But just be authentic. Don't try to be salesy and don't try to do that. Just try to have conversations with them. And like with my show, I just say, hey, I'm doing this. It's where I'm trying to help people in the small business owners. I have a pretty good following um, in the event industry and, you know, small business owners. And would I would love to have you on the show. And then I have samples of things, but most people haven't even looked and they said yes. And I haven't had any no's yet. So I think if you just, you know, reach out on the social media platforms, it's the best way to go. And I guess you could call too, but that, that some people don't like to get phone calls just out of the blue, you know? Right. So So I know there's a range that this will encompass, but can you give someone an idea of how much it's going to cost them to put on a virtual event? Yeah, that's a tricky one because it really depends on the type of event, how many days. So, you know, advice on how long your event should be. Like, for example, fundraisers have been, you know, four hours, right? We do a, mm-hmm. a cocktail reception and the live ones, and then you have your dinners and you have your dancing and you have your auction and all of that. But we're, not, we're doing an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. So mm-hmm. um, it, it really is, you know, it's really tough. Depends. Obviously, if you do it on a Zoom, it's not. It could cost you. You know, I don't know, a couple thousand bucks if you hire a team to come in and help you. But if we, you know, when I did that technology event, it cost them almost a hundred thousand dollars. But mm. they did a marketing campaign. They had. Um, I don't believe they had to pay any of the speakers, but they had their team that they had a whole marketing team that they had to pay. They had our event team, so the technology and the platform itself was thirty thousand dollars. So mm, wow. it really, I mean, it could range anywhere from, you know, a few thousand bucks up to depending on how many days you're doing it, how long is the team. It's the same as if you're doing a live event, um, the labor for that team will cost you as well. So it really, there is such a wide range and it's hard to say, but we, you know, we'll right. talk to people and we'll put a quote together and give them a proposal and then they can decide. And we usually give different, um, different options, you know, like if you do this, then you'll get, you know, from mm-hmm. the your dream event to what it reality is. So, you know, we do that. Well, and that's why it would be important for them to know ahead of time too what their budget is for everything all together. When it's all said and done, I can spend, yeah. you know, this much money, you know. And so yeah, they, well, we love, you can we help love, them. Well, we definitely love people with budgets, but to be honest, that's uh, that's very rare. 
<laughs> it's very yeah, rare to have a client typical, that knows what but, their you know, budget is. It's at least yeah. a good um, starting point for them to even have to think through like, okay, I can afford to spend this much on, you know, virtual assistants yeah. and the tech and like you said, the platform yeah. or things like that, just to have an idea. Cause otherwise, well, of, you know, yeah, they might end up a, a lot big of surprise. True, true. And a lot of people think that they're not going to spend money because it's a virtual event and well, I don't have a hotel and I don't have, you know, food and beverage, and I don't have, it doesn't matter. The technology is super important, and it can, it costs money for that. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's a it's misconcession. There's a lot of, uh, you know, they, they don't understand that it's still going to cost money to do a virtual event. Right. And because of how much marketing and people and everything, too, they might even have to spend more, maybe depending on what they were doing Sometimes. before. If it I was mean, a small I, business owner yeah. putting it on themselves with like one assistant, now it's going to maybe be a bit more because That's of the true. additional help they need. Yep. That's very true. Very true. So if someone's going to have an event, then what are some of the things to incorporate to help with that engagement? Yeah. So what, So one of the things we do is we send out, like I mentioned, the gift box the the, mm-hmm. um, the box. So it's got, you know, lots of branded stuff, things to, that will, they can use when they're on the event. So if you're, do, mm-hmm. when, when they're at the event and they're on the screen, especially if you're doing a Zoom and everybody can see each other, that's really fun. So whatever you send in the box, it can be engaging things that they can use. Um, you know, they can have signs that they hold up and things that mm-hmm. are branded or if they're, you know, they're going to create a cocktail because there's going to be a cocktail party at the end. So you give them a, an ingredients for that. And the other thing that we do is we um, do a pre-check-in. So just like you're walking up to a registration desk, we do a pre-check-in, which is done through a Zoom. They log in two or three days before the event. We give them a certain amount of time, like from 10 to 4, you log in, and we greet them. And we say, hi, Lisa, so great to see you. I'm so happy that you're joining us for the event on Friday. We can't wait and we give them like the lay of the land of the event and things that they should expect and how to do this and how to do that and whatever and what they're going to get. And then mm-hmm. they, we check them in. And so that's a personalized check-in as opposed to them just coming onto the event and nobody's, you know, they're just some another face on the screen. Right. So we do that. That's a and great then idea. obviously, yeah. And then obviously interactive things, doing polls, um, asking questions, getting people to come on and ask questions live. Um, breakout rooms so they're engaging with each other and they're networking because obviously people love to network and they want to you know get to know each other and help get business for each other so there's you can get musicians to come on you can have magicians you can have I mean there's a lot of different things you can do we did a game show once which is really super fun and it's all electrical so you just you just get on and you click buttons and they have a, an, a guy who runs it who's like the super energetic guy and so there's a lot of things that you want to keep the engagement going because that's super important because otherwise you're going to lose everybody right that's so true and I think sometimes if there are a lot of people on there they might feel it's hard to stay engaged with people so I like the things like leading up to the event as well and having people understand this is what's going to happen this is like the agenda and like you said the little box of goodies I think that's really fun Yeah, it is. It's really fun. And the chat is important, too. I mean, I know there's sometimes you don't want the chat on if you're in the middle of, I don't know, trying to sell something or what. But chat is super important because it gets everybody engaged and it keeps them, you know, and then you have someone monitoring the chat to keep the engagement going. That's really important. Right. Great tips. Well, it is time to take another quick break. So be sure to hang around to hear more from Annette Nafe of Nafe Productions on turning your live event into a hybrid or a virtual one. We'll be right back after a brief commercial break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. 
Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Today, I'm chatting with Annette Nafe of Nafe Productions. Let's find out a bit more information from her on taking your event to hybrid or virtual. So, Annette, I know you touched on earlier in the segment um, before, you know, that there are different amounts of time that these virtual events could be. But can you just maybe give someone who's just starting out some advice on really how long their event should be? Yeah, I touched on, I did touch on that earlier. It really, um, I mean, I have had clients who are doing three-day events. From, you know, we, they're not like from eight to six or eight to 10. Sometimes they run like really long. These, these some of these events, I do a lot of coaching events, uh, similar to like the Tony Robbins platform, but, um, you can't, you're going to lose people and it's just too long. Um, you know, we've done them from like 10 to four or 11 to five or just, and then you need breaks in there. You need a lunch in there. And if you've got sponsors, that's a good time for them to go and visit um, the sponsors is during the lunch break and, um, and just, you know, but if some people are still doing those three day events, I just, one of uh, our industry is uh, the event planner expo. I spoke on it a couple of days ago and they've had back to back speakers, but you know, if you've got great content, you're going to keep everybody engaged. That's really important. Content is super important right now to keep everybody engaged. Um, so, you know, again, I mentioned that the fundraisers, you know, there's, um, we don't do four hour events. We do an hour, 45 minutes to an hour and, you, and mm-hmm. everybody's out. So it's, it's, it's very quick and much shorter, um, than it used to be. But again, if you've got some, if you've got the money to bring in great entertainment, great speakers, um, or you've got the connections to bring them in and just make sure your content's good and you keep engaging and you check in with everyone. You don't just keep going. You interact with people and do your polls and, um, you know, and do different things. Just keep them interested. Um, you know, it, you, you, it'll work out, but you just have to be a little more m- mindful about the time because mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to keep people in front of a computer all day, you know. Right. And if someone doesn't have a huge budget for all of that and they wanted, they were planning originally to do some type of seminar to educate their clients on, you know, a certain topic or, or something like that, what would you say kind of time-wise, maybe like a two-hour max or, you know, do you have kind of a recommendation around that? Well, if they're trying to sell something, you need to give them, if you, if this is, if you've got a group of people that don't know you, so mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot more engagement, a lot more people attending virtual events, obviously, because they don't have to travel. So right. if you, you know, we our, our most of our clients are tripling the amount of attendees because, and they're getting international people, which is really great. I mean, that's a, something that you wouldn't get normally as an in-person event because now people can come from all over, which is a, a really right. great thing about the virtual. But um, um, you, uh, so sorry, I forgot what your question was. <laughs> I was just saying um, if someone was doing like their own little seminar or something, you know, they, they couldn't do what they want to do oh, yes, to share was, information. How yeah, so yes, yes, sorry about that. So mm-hmm. if they're selling um, something, they definitely need to give content. So if I'm mm-hmm. coming on, 
and you're, you're holding an event and it's only going to be an hour and you talk for an hour, I don't know really what you're about. So if you're trying to sell a program, you really need to at least do, you know, a good day or two, maybe three. It just depends um, on good content about you. If you are trying to sell a program, don't bring in a whole bunch of speakers and you've not had the opportunity to offer your, um, your services or talk about what you do. So you got to get them to fall in love with you and want to work with you. So that is important. You don't want to bring a whole bunch of speakers in that's going to take away from what you do. And obviously people that uh, it, it could be, um, you know, uh, that conflicts with what you do. So, you know, just keeping it, um, making sure that you can get your content out and then make the sale. So we have a whole strategy around that. We teach, you know, how to do all that and what it should look like. Um, a lot of these people are, so I had a woman who was the, she had 30 people on only six of them. The rest of them were, uh, 24 of them were already clients. She only had six potential clients. She ended up selling $50,000 worth of business through her. She did a, a two day event mm-hmm. and it was from like four, like 10 to four. So she didn't do a very, you know, she cut it down. She normally would do three day events. She cut it down, um, but she gave a ton of content. She didn't have other speakers. She did do some breakouts. Um, but she ended up selling, you know, 50, she sold 30 at the event. And then in her follow-up, she ended up selling another 20. So it's possible to sell, you know, sell what you're trying to sell your programs with, you don't have to have a lot of people on them. You just have to have the right people. Right. So, so I know there's some confusion know, too about if there should be a price to attend a virtual event or not. So can you touch yeah. on, should they charge? And if so, how much? Yeah, that's a very tricky question. Um, so, for example, one of the fundraisers we're doing, um, they're not charging anything to attend, but they have five different levels. So, we have a zero price to attend. We have $100, $250, and you get the gift box, $500, and you get a dinner served. Um, uh, you get a, a dinner delivered to your house. So it has to be in the Manhattan area. I'm in New York. So it has to be in the Manhattan area. Um, and you get a dinner served. And then there's a thousand dollars. You get a different, it's a very exclusive restaurant with a, a bottle of Dom Perignon and you get a wine. And it's, so it's like a really special thing. That's a thousand dollar level. So, you know, it, it really, uh, some people are charging very minimal and some are not. So the girl who, um, who did the the two day and only had thirty people? She charged two hundred fifty dollars for everyone to attend. Um, so, but you know, there's different levels. It really there isn't a set rule right now. Our the technology event that we did, I believe that they charge two hundred fifty a person, and you know they had the early bird, and then they had the regular price, and then you know if you logged in, if you gone tried to um, uh, check in, like you know the week of, it was even higher. So um, I think you need to look at what your, you know, who your audience is, who, who's going to be on there. Is it, if it's the first time, maybe you want to do for free and then sell them into your package. So um, then you're going to get more people on, but you want to make sure you get the right people. And I think through your messaging and your marketing, you should be able to hit the right people. But, okay. you know, there's no set rules right now. So that's, that's really kind of where we're at. Mm-hmm. So how would you recommend someone handle the online registration and even their check-in process for that virtual event? Right. So I mentioned that earlier, um, mm-hmm. but there you need to have, so it depends on how many people you're going to have. So if you're going to have like 30 people, you only need like one person. And uh, if you've got um, people that are going to attend who are international You've got the West Coast, East Coast, like different time zones. You need to accommodate the time for them to call in and check in. Now, I don't say registration because if you say registration, they're going to think, oh, I already registered for the event. I don't have to go. So you need to make sure that in your messaging, when you email them who have already checked, have already registered for your event, they, that they know it's a check-in and we're going to let you know like what to expect with the event, please be sure to check in between these hours. And it's usually like a few days before the event. If you have a thousand people who are attending, you're going to need a couple people to um, manage that check-in. 
So you have to think about how many people do you have. Now, we've had on time, on occasions, we've had so many people um, that, you know, at an event that the client decided we're not going to do it. It's just too much work. We don't have the staff. They don't want to hire more people to help with it. So they decide not to. But um, it's a really great touch to have because it's just, it brings another engaging element. And what I do is I like to have, um, because it's done on a Zoom, you, at the same time, you're going to get four or five people who are checking in at the same time usually. So we bring them in and we introduce everybody. And the engagement already starts and networking already starts with the people on the Zoom checking in. So we introduce where are you from and then we get everybody chatting. What do you do? And then we do a little feel and then they're gone. And it takes like, I don't know, 10 minutes or so for them to check in. Um and so um, it, it's just, it really, you have to just pay attention to those type of things. But um, it, we've, it, it's really been nice. I think people have really enjoyed that. Especially if they have any, you know, in the beginning, it was a lot. We did a, in the beginning, because technology, a lot of people weren't familiar with how to use Zoom, how to get in. What do, is their sound good? Can they hear? So we were helping them with the technology. And especially mm-hmm. if you have a platform that no one's familiar with, then that's definitely something that you need to make sure that you run them through the platform and show them the platform, do a, a shared, a screen share and walk them through the platform because you don't want them to get on the platform and not understand what to do. And then you lose them at the event. So that's not good. Right. So this is probably our final question before the end. It's actually close to the end already. Hard to believe, but um, I, would think you would, I would say, I would think you would recommend maybe a run through, for the show, if you do recommend that, how would you suggest they actually do a practice beforehand? Oh, yeah. So here's the deal. With technology, you need to do a text. So if you have speakers, sponsors, like if anybody who's going to be speaking, you need to make sure that you do a tech check. So um, you schedule, a, you know, it could be a five minute. It usually takes about five minutes. We want to take a look and see where, what does their backdrop look like? Make sure that mm-hmm. they know where their face should be on the screen, what the lighting looks like. Is this audio good? So we need, we do a whole check what to wear, um, you know, when to come on 30 minutes prior. We want to make sure that they come on 30 minutes prior to their speaking time so we can double check them again. And every single time it looks like it usually ends up that people don't do what we told them to do the first time. So we have to tell them again. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to make sure that they're set up and that, you know, they look, um, uh, it looks, it's all cohesive because we don't want someone who's sitting in a dark room at this point now speak, people who are speaking are pretty much getting familiar with what their lighting should be and their, 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 you know, their, their microphone set up and all of that. Um, but, uh, it's super important that we, you go through a tech check and then you do a rehearsal and it can be, the rehearsal can be the day before or if you're just doing like an hour event at seven o'clock. And this is the other thing for events that are like doing at night, we, our fundraisers, we're doing them from like seven to eight or seven thirty to eight thirty. This is after mm-hmm. dinner. Or if you're serving a dinner, which we are offering a dinner with some of them, it's just, it can still be the same time because we're doing that event from seven to eight. You just, you don't want to get it in the middle of the day. We want it at a time when people are going to be able to attend and they're not dealing with dinner and things like that. So think about the timing and your audiences for that. So, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, that's kind of, mm-hmm. that's how it, that's kind of how it goes. So it's uh, super important to make sure that you're getting your rehearsal in um, either the day before, depends on how many people have, it could be two days. We may have to have a two day or the morning of to run through the whole thing. So you can, you need to run it through and you need to have everybody on that's going to be doing it. You have to run all their PowerPoints, especially during the rehearsal. You have to make sure that every single person who's attending the event is, is, is on the event is also in the rehearsal and checking uh, their time, their, their, you know, everything. So it all runs smoothly because that's the event, that's the event, you know, the right. technology is really what it's about. So before we end the show, I would love for you to share if you have an offer for the listeners. Well, I'm, I don't really have an offer. I mean, I do have an ebook. If you connect with me on any of the platforms, you go to my website, you can get a, an ebook in there, seven biggest mistakes people make when planning an event. I probably should update it for virtual, but um, 
It's in there. It's really good. I do have, for any event planners who are looking to start an event planning business or um, have a business and they just don't know what to do right now because of these crazy times, connect with me over on the Event Planners Society. It's Event Planners Society. It's a Facebook group that I'm just starting, and we're going to be engaging with a lot. I'm very con- well connected with a lot of um, people in the industry who can help you and give you some great advice, and I'll be on there. So, And I'm all over social media platforms, so Annette Nace, my name, or Nace Productions, but mostly Annette Nace. Um, you can reach me on all the social media platforms. Okay, and do you want to spell that for them just in case it's just audio and they're not sure how sure. to spell uh, your last name? Yeah. Absolutely. So it's Annette, A-N-N-E-T-T-E, last name Nath, N as in Nancy, A-I-F as in Frank, because a lot of people think it's like an M-A-I-S. So N as in Nancy, A-I-F as in Frank. And if you want to talk about a virtual event, doing a virtual event, you want some advice, just send me an email at events at, I'm sorry, events at Productions with an S.com. Perfect. And do you want to share like a phone number where they can reach you to? If anyone, I know you said some people don't like phone, but just in case there are some listening who want to call by phone, do you have that number? Sure. 646-559-9886. Perfect. Well, thank you, Annette, so much for being a guest on my show today. I really appreciate the time that you've invested. My pleasure. It's been fun. I, I love being on. Thank you so much for having me. Sure, and I also want to thank the listeners for tuning in to the show today. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about taking your live event to a hybrid or virtual one. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Annette at any of the links that she shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. Next week's topic is hiring and retaining a high-impact team. I hope you can join us for this presentation. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to BizHelp for You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.